Today's guest is Yembe Moiba. Here's our job talk with the tax manager. Welcome to the Job Talk podcast, where we talk with people who love their jobs. Our guests open up about their challenges, surprises, and secrets to success in their industries. Through conversation, we explore their careers, past work experiences, and the education that got them to where they are now. I am a 46-year-old man, and I still experience anxiety that I have a grade 12 math test coming up that I'm not prepared for or probably won't put the work into it. Whatever math dyslexia is, I have it. It's not diagnosed, <laughs> but I have it. So um, my high school experience, uh, which has been well documented on this podcast, I didn't put a lot of effort into it. What was your experience like in high school? Oh, okay. That takes me back to Winnipeg. Uh, my high school, I think, um, well, you know, based on the people I was hanging out with, I think we weren't, we weren't very keen on the school part of high school. I, I, I find, you know, now that I, I look back on it, I find that, you know, most of my days at, in high school was probably spent not, a, not in the classroom. Which, which hopefully my mom doesn't watch this and see this. But I was, a, I was an average student. Um, um, I, had, I, I did enough to make sure that I could get into university, right? And, uh, but uh, by no means was I at the library late trying to get things done. I mean, I think I finished with a 70-something average. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, so I was an average high school student that spent a lot more time not in the classroom. So, you know, I, I spent time, you know, playing, you know, tackle football outside at lunchtime or going over to my friend, uh, my friend's house who was close to, to high school. So um, I think that pretty much sums up my high school, my high school in days. That takes us to your first post-secondary experience. Where did you go and what did you take? So my first post-secondary experience was at the University of Manitoba. When I graduated high school in 08, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with school. The only thing I knew was I wanted to play football. But obviously, my mom was not going to let that slide. So she made me enroll at the University of Manitoba. I was at the University of Manitoba for about a month. And then I realized that, you know what, uh, the U of M is not for me. Uh, so that was initially my first post-secondary um, experience. It was at the University of Manitoba. And then you moved to another post-secondary? That's right. And then I moved over to Alberta. Uh, like, like I said, all I was trying to do at that point was play football, right? So when uh, U of A came calling, they offered me a spot in and in a scholarship uh, to come to the U of A, I was like, well, I want to play football, but that means I have to go to school. So, um, so yes, so then that's when I moved over to Alberta and I went to University of Alberta, yes. And the program that you went into at the University of Alberta was a Bachelor of... So the way it works, I, I knew at that point that I wanted to get into business. Uh, but uh, if I remember correctly, I couldn't get straight into business. I had to take... Um, a few, uh, some prereqs. So yeah, you, you could do that in any any faculty, I believe. You, you could be in open studies, in arts, sciences. Um, so I 
had to take you know the 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 site a sociology um, calculus and um, a few English courses in order to get into uh, business school so in my first year at the University of Alberta I took those courses to be able to get into uh, business school what's it like playing uh, sport at a high level uh, so you're at the University of Alberta uh, what what is the league that you play in when you're at the University of Alberta is that so CI it used to be called CIS, but now it's yeah. called U-Sport. It's called okay. U-Sport now. So that's yeah. the college level in, or university level in Canada. Yeah. And that's a high level of football for our listeners uh, that don't know that. And what position did you play? I was a receiver. I was a you were receiver. a receiver. And did you guys have success while you were playing, playing football at the University of Alberta? Unfortunately not. Not in my first couple <laughs> of years. Uh, my... In twenty, I came in in twenty eleven, and my first two years, we did not win a single game. We were zero and sixteen uh, yeah. in two years. Uh, yeah, so it was tough. It was tough. Uh, but then after that, in my in my third and fourth year, we had a tiny bit of success. Well, it's character building the way I look at I've, it. You you 100%. learn more about yourself through losses than you do through wins. I believe Absolutely. it, and I've lost a ton through life, but I'm I'm a better person for it. What go. is it like being a university student with your studies and also playing the high-level football? Uh, it was busy. It was busy. And, and to add on top of that, I also competed in track for the, for the university, right? So on top of playing football, I was also on the track team. So, I mean, a typical, let's say, a fall, in the fall semester, so September uh, to December, that's when football is going on, um, I would have classes, you know, from 8 till 2.30, 3 o'clock, um, and then from 2.30 to say 4.30, I would stay at school, get, you know, get my assignments done. Um, I had to be at practice for around 5, five, five o'clock until about 9 p.m. every night. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a typical fall, um, fall semester for us. And then on the weekend, you know, we're, you know, we're playing games either here in Edmonton or we're, you know, going away to uh, you know UBC, U of M, uh, U of R, and we're traveling. So it was a pretty tight, um, tight uh, timeline for us in the fall. And were you at the University of Alberta for four years, or did you take a little more four, time? Four years. I, I was there for four years, yes. <laughs> and, okay, you graduate from the University of Alberta with uh, what degree? A bachelor of, uh, a BCom. A BCom, Okay. Yes. Did you know that you always wanted to go into accounting? No, I did not. Uh, I did not. Here, here's what I knew. Uh, when, you know, I mean, this takes me back, uh, you know, back to when I first moved to Canada. When my, when my family moved here, English was, you know, second language to me, right? So I was trying to, I was doing everything to avoid not taking any English classes, right? Um, my, my dad was an engineer, um, so from a young age, I think, you know, uh, you know, he, I mean, he, he, he never would admit to this, but I think he tried to sway me and my sister to go into engineering, but for, for some reason, I, I, I did not want to do that. So I knew I did not want to go into engineering. I knew I, I didn't want to write, you know, any long essays or anything that had to do with English. So to be honest, business school was kind of a default for me, right? 
And when I got into business school, I took, you know, I took, the, I took accounting courses. I took the finance courses. Accounting was the one that made the most sense to me. It came natural. I did well in them. So that's kind of how the journey into, uh, into accounting started for me. I asked you to be a guest on this podcast because when I asked you about your job, you showed so much energy and enthusiasm and positivity about being an accountant. And I have some preconceived notions about accountants, so I, I thought you just work with numbers and yeah. uh, and that's it. And you don't have any human connection, um, but you did talk about your clients. So this is what's yes. fascinating, and I love the fact that you came on this to talk about it. So in order to become an, an accountant, it's a CSA, is that what you, is that your designation? A, C- a CPA. CPA. A CPA. Okay, yes. and you have to write a test uh, to become yes. a CPA. Uh, could you talk about um, how do you prepare to write? Is it called a CPA test? It's called it's called the um, the CFE. It's it's a common final exam, but it's a CPA exam. Yeah. And are you only allowed to write that test twice? Do you I know, I can so. look. I believe so. Yes, I believe. Okay, so I think, yes, I believe you. You get two cracks at it, or it might be three. I'm not certain, but but I, you you only get two or maximum three tries at it. Okay, that's a lot of pressure. Um, yes, first question is how yes. how what advice can you give to somebody before they write the test? How can you get prepared for it? Well, so here's here's how the program works. The program can be a two or two or two to three year program. When you first start, there, there, there are six parts, okay? So every three months you are in, a, in, in part one. So you do part one and then you have a final exam f- for that part, okay? So you do this five times. After you pass all of those and then you become eligible to write the final exam, okay? Right? So in terms of how you prepare for the final exam at the end, uh, well, hopefully, Throughout the you know the first two years of doing those you know the the, the smaller exams, uh, you know you would have picked up some tips on how to get yourself prepared, and so you know you can carry all that into prepping for that final exam. But in terms of how to prepare for that final exam itself, uh, most people um, take about two months off of work. All right, I had to take about seven weeks off of work, and you are basically studying from nine to four Monday to Friday for about two months. Wow. And that is, and that is not me exaggerating or anything. That's, that's, I mean, if you want to pass, I mean, there are some people that can maybe do it in a month, but I certainly took about seven weeks to get ready for it. So yeah, you get to the library or you get to school from, you know, nine, I did nine to about three thirty Monday to Friday. And on the weekends, I, you know, I would, uh, do my weekend things and then get back there Monday, do it for, you know, five more days until um, it was time to write the exam. And the exams, the exam itself is a 12-hour exam. It's a 12-hour exam. Uh, it's 12, 12 hours. Yeah. And it's, it's split into three days. So the first day is a, I believe, a four-hour, uh, three-hour and then the next day is about four hours, and then the last day is three hours, or, or something like that, or some something like that. Yeah. And what what are some of the topics that are covered on the exam? 
Well, I mean, uh, uh, obviously there is the, um, you know, the personal taxes, right? They may give you uh, a, a case, the case-based exam. So they'll give you a 40-page case of a person who's married, they have kids, a normal person, and they give you all their tax histories, and now you have to file their taxes and make any kind of recommendations, right? So that could be a case. Uh, or, or it could be a situation of a company who's trying to expand into the U.S. Say, you know, so you have to do some research and you have to determine what kind of tax implications this may have, what kind of, you know, what kind of international tax reporting they may have. So, I mean, it could be anything or it could be something like an audit, right? So where they give you a company and you look at their processes and you have to give them some recommendations on how to improve their internal processes, right? So the the, the, the range of things they can test you in is, is, is very broad. So, um, so, you know, you just have to be, be prepared and hope that what they test you on is something you had you know, you like, and it's something you can answer. This is all through the University of Alberta still? No. So, the, so after you, I graduate, you, or you graduate with your BCom, you have to go work at a CPA firm. So you have to go get it. You know, it's, it's called, you know, it's, it's the same thing lawyers do when they graduate. You have to go article. So yeah. while you're articling at a CPA firm, that's when you do those six little um, um, exams and then at the end you read the common exam so this was post university now so the, the the CPA is run by the CPA Institution of Canada okay yes. okay so you've you finished that course you graduate yes. yeah. uh, what is your first position and I guess how long did you stay in that first position so after I graduated uh, university, I went and took an entry level job at a local firm here. So you're, you're basically a staff accountant, right? Uh, so normally these firms will hire about five to 10 people who are just graduating from university. So you start with, you know, seven to 10 people and you guys are all in the CPA program uh, and you call a staff account, right? Um, and then in, in by the time you finish the CPA program, so either in year three or, or year two or year three, uh, you become a senior accountant, right? Yes. Uh, and then when you pass your C, the common final exam and you have earned all your hours, because there's an hours requirement uh, component as well, you have to, um, it's basically a work experience you have to have. Yeah. Once you meet all those things, then you become a CPA. Then you can use the CPA designation. Okay, let's talk about your position today. Okay. And when did, okay, the position that you're in today, you're called a tax yes. manager. Is that correct? That's right. I, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how many, how many years have you been in your role as a tax manager? So I, I, this will be my first year. So I, I, graduated university well i got into accounting in 2016 right so right. from 2016 to about now so what is that six years almost six years for me uh, this september will be six years for me from when i got into the accounting world uh so no i mean normally that's that's um you know which between four to six years you go through all those levels and then you become a manager okay can you take us through a day-to-day in your job from when you wake up in the morning yeah. and yeah. when you when you finish your day. 
Uh, it depends on the time of the year. So let me take, you know, I, I'll say in April, right? That's our crazy time of the year, right? For, for yeah. all accounts. So uh, in April, I'll probably get up at 6 a.m. Um, I, I would, you know, if I have to go to the gym, I go to the gym, I'm at the office for 8 a.m. And get to the office, have coffee, probably check a few emails. And then because it's April, I'm most likely working on personal taxes, right? Uh, you know, so that could be, you know, a, a situation where you have a, a, a well, this, the, the one that comes to mind from this tax season, uh, you know, it was the person who was, you know, they spent half their time here in, in Canada, spent half the time in the U.S. So you have to deal with all those tax obligations in both countries and things like that. So a typical day in April for me is pretty much that, you know, get up, gym, work, do some personal taxes, come home or go coach football. Yeah, and we're we're gonna get into what you like to do when you're not working. What do you what do you love about your job? I I I like I love everything about my job. Obviously, there's there's some things that I I may not love, but I I, I, I love I, I I love everything about it. And and specifically, um, I think um, I think you know we'll probably get into this, but. Um, the uh, you know the the notion that people have of accountants that is that we just sit in the back of the room and we just type and we do numbers right, but but uh, but to be honest that's not how the accounting world. I mean there's still if if you're that type of person and you still want to do that there's a place for you right, but in in and most in most firms and most uh, with most accountants now, um, you have to be able to take you know that hard numbers stuff right and and you have to be able to convey that to a person who may not have um that tax knowledge or accounting knowledge like you have because they didn't go to school for it so the best part of my job is being able to to take the hard numbers and all the tax act and tell it to a client and say okay this is what all that means and that this is what you have to do and the relief that that you see on their face uh, you know to me that that's still the best part of my job love it what are some of the glaring challenges in your job? Um, there, there, there are a few. I think one is, I mean, this is no knock on, on the CRA and, and, or, or anything like that. But, you know, our, a part of my job sometimes is to basically act on the client's behalf with the CRA, right? So let's say a client, you know, is, is uh, the CRA has sent a client a letter and they have to provide a, a bunch of things to the client. The client will engage us, and we will act on behalf of the client. Um, and 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 you know, most times that process can be dragged out, right? And it could be up to a couple years to respond back to hear back from the CRA and things like that. And it's not all their fault, especially in the last couple of years with COVID and, and all that. You know, if people are working from work, but sometimes that can be you know the the part of, about my job I don't love is that that wait. You know, to hear back from the CRA and go back to the client, and most times the client don't understand that they think it's us not doing the work. But you know, we do the work as, as soon as we can, send it off to the CRA. But unfortunately, they don't always get back to us as soon as possible, right? For for many many reasons, not to just believe everything on the CRA here. Yeah, has there been any surprises that stand out to you of being a tax manager? <laughs> Um, I mean, I, so that tax manager role is brand new. So I've, I've actually not, yeah. uh, you know, so I guess I'll, I'll talk about, you know, any surprises in accounting in general. I think the, the, the very first thing that surprised me was uh, how, how 
little you make based on how much hours you work earlier on, right? Yeah. So, so that definitely surprised me. I thought I was like, hey, I can't. I want to be rich in five years, <laughs> but it's certainly not how it is. You have to pay your dues. You have to, you know, put in the hours, get your CPA, and grind. So that certainly surprised me in my first few years. Yeah. Did your dad come to terms that you didn't go into engineering? Do you think? <laughs> On paper, <laughs> yes, right? I, I can still remember us having conversations. And I mean, I, I feel like, I mean, this may be a, just a me thing, but I feel like engineers, well, my dad, you know, my, my dad felt that engineers were the cream of the crop. Like they, he thought, he thought it was the best thing you can do. So, you know, sometimes when I'll be having conversations with him, um, you know, I, I don't want to say he would look down on accounts, but in his head, he probably thought, you know, I could have done better or, or something like that. But um, there's always that back and forth with him. I was like, hey, well, if you look at all the big companies in this world, I was like, who is the boss of your company? It's probably somebody with a numbers background, a finance or accountant. So technically, we are the bosses of you guys. So <laughs> so I always have that back and forth with him. Do you do your dad's taxes? Uh, no, I, I never got a chance to do my dad's taxes. No, I, I did not. Uh, not. Not because he didn't trust me or anything, but uh, he, 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 he didn't live in Canada here with us. So okay. he, he, he had, you know, he, he worked for the UN for many, many years. So they took care of all that for him. So I didn't get a chance to do his taxes. Okay, that's, that's yeah. fascinating though. Yeah. What advice could you give uh, to a university student that has graduated that is considering uh, becoming an accountant? What, why, why would they, why would you recommend accounting to someone? Well, the, the biggest one is flexibility and job security. Uh, to me, I, did, I didn't even know this back then, right? But now that I'm in it, um, just think about it. No, no matter in what, what the situation is in the, you know, in a business, it doesn't matter if they're making money, losing money, their accounting has to get done. Right. So that, you know, the job is security in accounting is, is, is amazing. Right. You once you get your designation, you're probably never not going to have work. So that's one. And the second thing is flexibility, especially with the CPA designation. You know, um, I am somebody who, although I haven't done it yet, but I would like to travel someday and go live in a different country. And with the CPA designation, I could go to places like the U.S., Australia, New Zealand, the U.K., and it would be a fairly smooth, you know, a smooth thing for me to get a job in those places with my designation. So I think those two things are probably the biggest attractions, uh, attraction into uh, getting into the CPA program. What are some misconceptions, and you may have covered it a little bit, but what are some misconceptions out there about accountants? And I probably had it when I was talking to you about becoming a guest on the show. I wasn't trying to be insulting to you in any way. What are some misconceptions that you would like to um, help you know people understand about being um, an accountant? Sure, I think I'll I will touch on two. I think the one I kind of uh, briefly touched on it earlier is that uh, accounting, uh, the CPA program or an accountant. Now, you don't um, you know you don't have to be somebody who is that, for instance, that introvert who just sits there and does numbers, right? There's room for people with outgoing personalities. Um, there's um, so 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 that's one. And then the second thing is you 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 don't have to be genius at math. 
I think that's kind of the other one is that, oh, you have to be brilliant at calculus, this and that. Yes, you may have to take a calculus course to get into business school, but once you get in, once you become an accountant, a CPA, I've never had to use calculus in accounting, right? I have never, in tax, I've never had to, you know, find the limit of something or that kind of thing, right? So that is a total myth. You don't have to be great at math. You may have to take math to get into the program, but, uh, you know, tax, I mean, specifically tax, because that's the area I work in, uh, it's it's all laws, right? Because you get a tax act that's written by lawyers. Uh, you, you just have to be able to take that act and make it make sense to a client, right? So I think those two things are probably the biggest misconceptions about account is that you have to be great at math and 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 the second one is that you cannot be somebody who who's an extrovert who likes you know meeting people and and, and doing those things. Excellent. When you're not at work, what do you love to do? When I'm not at work, I mean, I I I love to cook. Cooking is my passion. Um, yeah. If I if I could uh, cook for a living, I think that is the only other thing I would leave my you know uh tax for and go do it would be cooking and apart from that uh, you know i i i for, you know sports is my passion as well i i grew up in sport and now i'm coaching on my free time and um i didn't think i i i can't believe i'm saying this but i probably enjoyed that more than i enjoyed playing right and and i've only been coaching for you know just over a year now so you know when not at work you can find me in the kitchen or coaching and, 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 and doing things like that. What is your signature dish? Do you think? What do you what do you make best? What do I make best? I hmm so here I have I have two things I make really good, I think. That that people have told me that I make really well. One, I make really good meatballs, like a pasta meatball. Um, I, I think, I mean, even just talking about it right now, I think I think I may have to make it this week because I'm craving it right now. And uh, and then my second thing is is my potato salad. I'm a big fan of potato salads, and uh, I've been told I can make a pretty good potato salad. That that's the culinary side of things. What is the biggest reward you're finding with being a youth coach for football? <laughs> oh my goodness! I mean, it's it's I mean, it's it's um, it's all amazing. But I think the biggest reward. Um, Oh, I didn't think of that one. You know, I think the biggest reward is, well, okay, say take last year, for instance, uh, the way my season started, things didn't go great. We lost a few games. The kids were down. Uh, but, then, you know, we, we, you know, we stuck with it. We stuck with it. And towards, towards the end of the season, things turned around, won a few games, made it to the playoffs. But all that being said, I think the biggest reward was seeing kids that have never played football before because, you know, uh, probably – 70% of the kids last year, it was their first year, it was their first year playing tackle football. Uh, so seeing from when we started in, 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 you know, in June, July, to when the season ended around um, Halloween there in November, the progressions these kids had made, right? And some kids didn't even know the different form, you know, the different, you know, um, spots they could play on the field in day one to now where I can have football conversations with them. I was like, hey, you're playing Mac or you're the will linebacker or you're safety. So I think for me, that's that's been the biggest reward is just uh, teaching these kids uh, the fundamentals fundamentals of football at a very young age, which I think is very important because that, that will build a base. And, and so if a kid 
you know, after doing that, if they end up loving football, at least now they have some fundamentals they can build off of going into Bantam High School or, you know, even the university level. Well, your positive energy for your career and your job and your positive energy uh, towards being a youth coach is inspiring. Um, I just want to thank you for joining us on this podcast today. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in to the Job Talk podcast. For more information, please visit us at thejobtalk.com.